0: Welcome to the Broadcorb Report. I am Todd Walker, the moderator of the Broadcorb Report, with our hosts, Michael Broadcorb and the infamous Becky Allery. Thank you so much for joining us wherever you're hearing our podcast, and we certainly appreciate you liking this podcast and giving us thumbs up. And this will be the last broadcast of this year. So we, of course, are going to do a little reflections on the previous year and talk a little bit about what's to come, but I think we need to start with the headlines, the news that we've seen this week, and I just couldn't help but being captivated by a busload of migrants being dropped off at Kamala Harris's house and they're attributing it to the works of Texas Governor Greg Abbott. I am dying to hear both of your take, your response to what your thoughts were when you saw that the videos of these, the bus pulling up, some of the people only had t-shirts on, it's cold out. Let's start with you, Becky. What are, you, what are your thoughts when you saw
1: this? You know, it it's I guess a little bit of both sides here I'm gonna I'm gonna play. Um I definitely I I understand the principle of it, of the reasoning of it. They're really, you know, trying to quite literally bring it to the bring the issue to the doorstep of the Democrats that um, they believe are involved or, or responsible for this. Texas and our southern border states are hurting because of the, this influx of the migrants that they've seen year after year, month after month, day after day. And so they want to make others have to somewhat be responsible and address the situation. Um, this, this, though, feels like a step too far, you know, despite what some people may think. I do have a heart. It was 18 degrees in Washington, D.C. Like you mentioned, some of these folks just had T-shirts on. Um, It it just seems a little harsh, a little too far um, making a political statement out of these 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 folks when it's so cold out. However, the fact of the matter does remain. Um, We have a crisis at our southern border. Something needs to be done. And um, if this is what's going to take for some folks to wake up, I mean, they certainly has gotten the attention of some folks who maybe have been ignoring the issue.
0: Michael, you
2: know, I'm going to take a, am going to take a little bit of engage in a little bit of both sidesism too first of all the 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 politics of it the politics of it are terrible um uh, and uh, i'm also going to talk about the policy and kind of the personal level too so on a personal level it is i think very difficult optics for republicans to be kind of rallying around this type of concept and i think we need to take a step back and and, and i'm going to talk a little bit about what what my co-host discusses a lot of time, which is a Republican messaging issue. Families are gathered right now around the holidays. And what they're seeing all across the TV sets are immigrants, a lot of them women and children, being dropped off, as Becky correctly noted, in 18-degree weather outside the Naval Observatory in Washington, D.C. I understand the political reality of this, uh, the, the policy reality and the political reality of the ongoing immigration crisis that's going on in, at the border. That being said, dropping off immigrants, women and children, outside the Naval Observatory, Kamala Harris's official residence as the vice president, is horrible optics. It is terrible politics. It is terrible policy. What I would say to you, larger problem for Republicans, is that immigration has become one of the most polarizing issues, particularly inside the Republican Party. It was one of the ways that Donald Trump his rhetoric on immigration is one of the reasons why he was so successful when he first ran for president in 2016. He used it as a wedge issue between himself and the other Republican candidates. He talked about it in very blunt, raw language. And so there are a number of Republicans who probably are seeing this 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 display on TV and they're cheering and they're saying, this is great. We're, we're dealing with immigrants. We're dropping them off right at uh, Vice President Biden's—I mean, Vice President Kamala Harris—is home right in Washington D.C. Ha ha ha! We're getting a good laugh. Vast majority of those people are probably sitting warm and cozy in front of a TV set and are not dealing with the realities of the immigration crisis. I would simply say to you that the politics of doing that is just horrible. I don't under, I understand that Governor Abbott is frustrated. I understand that governors on the southern border are frustrated. But when it comes to engaging in that type of political stunt. The ramifications that it could have in the overall debate, I think, could really hurt any substantive agenda that Republicans wish to pursue. It's just a terrible idea all around.
0: Yeah, I think I, it's pretty hard not to agree with, uh, with what both of you are saying, just the, the vision and the images of those people in, in the cold. It just seems like it's, it's using it's using these, the bodies of these people to make a point in, in, in just a very you know, unhuman way. I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm in total agreement with you guys.
2: I'd like to go to Becky because Becky has talked a lot about messaging and it ties into, I think a subject that she's brought up many times before, which is, Republicans and messaging optics
1: yeah you know it's definitely one of those things I, I mean the the saying goes of, of folks who work in politics if you're explaining you're losing right you know so if you take out the explanation of it the optics the vision of it is just really really harsh um, you know that said when you do explain it I, I do think that there is something to be said about the fact of the matter that we do have an issue however again we need to find a way to have some solutions be, the forward-looking focus of this, not not just looking at, like you said, women and children, Christmas Day um, out in the cold, and having once again the Democrats being able to come in and and save the day. Right, they came in, they found them places to 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 be, they got them blankets, they got them warm clothes, um, and so we do. We need to focus on. We have an issue. Here is a solution. Let's work to address that and and fix that um, and make that, you know, higher up than some of these political stunts. All
0: right, let's move on here. This is clearly the uh, end of 2022. And let's take a moment and look back a bit. I'd like to hear both of you share with us maybe some significant moments in 2022 that changed our political uh, landscape a bit and uh, some of the highlights from the year 2022. Michael, let's start with you.
2: Well, I think the most significant political development uh, was the Dobbs decision related to abortion. Um, At that time, um, in the middle of the summer of 2022, I think Republicans were feeling quite good about their chances uh, during the upcoming elections. And I think the Supreme Court's decision to uh, uh, get rid of Roe v. Wade, I think, fundamentally flipped uh, the uh, electorate and, and change the dynamics of the 2020, 2022 election cycle. Um, I'll have more to add, but but just from my standpoint, I think it was the biggest significant political event that occurred in, in 2022.
1: Completely agree. I mean, first of all, we have to talk about how it came to be through uh, a leak, right? You know, this is something that came out how, I don't know if we've, maybe I missed it, but how it came out, but it it came out early that this was likely going to be the decision. So for months and months before the decision actually came down, people were talking about it and it, I mean, definitely is, I would say a large reason, if not the number one reason that Republicans really struggled on election day. I think it will go down as, as one of the biggest flips or, or impact items to impact an election cycle. Michael.
2: One of the one of the issues that I think it happened was Republicans were not prepared to talk about it. I mean, they had been able to talk about which we've talked about on the show before. Republicans were able to talk about abortion, and I think very kind of in a safe environment because that Roe v. Wade was the law of the land. And so once that was gone, the realities of their of some of their policy positions and where they believed on the issues uh, were now we're now dealing with it in a real way. So you have a candidate, you know, like we've mentioned before, Scott Jensen and, and some of these other candidates come out of the convention, and they're and they're dealing with abortion in a much more different way. And, and a lot of the Republican candidates, I think, their positions were outdated. Uh, they were rusty. They weren't prepared to talk about it because their safe messaging points uh, uh, were no longer applicable because there were real-world ramifications of it. And so I think it was a huge, huge boost to the Democrats nationally. I think the Democrats played their cards. Very well in it on the issue. They properly motivated their base to get them engaged in the election cycle. And then they pivoted to other issues near the the end of the election. And it was a huge motivating factor for Democrats to win.
1: And just one more on that. I mean, this goes back to what we've been talking about, what we talked to with Annette about that vision, the forward-looking standing for something, right? I mean, this is something Republicans have talked about for the last, what, 40-some years about overturning Roe versus Wade. Um, And then it happens, and there is, is no path forward. There's no thought. There's no cohesion and what to do. Not saying that all Republicans need to be on the same side. I'm certainly not, um, don't have the same side as a lot of the Republican party on this issue. Um, but it was just a massive failure that there was, I mean, that it was repealed and or overturned and, and it just was like, what's next?
0: All right. Well, let's, let's look forward now a bit. So we're moving into 2020. Oh, wait,
1: real quick. Can I get one more? I got one more um, of our, our massive 2022 twenty two situation sure. we, we can't talk about 2022 and big things happening in the political world without talking about michael endorsing governor
0: walls
1: without <laughs> what say that
0: again without michael
1: without talking about michael endorsing governor walls it's come on it's huge I, I and
2: remember. steve simon i endorse two steve
1: simon.
2: look right. um those well, are big I,
0: political I, moments yes
2: Those are big political moments. I stand by it. Um, I did it for, again, I explained on my website, michaelbrodkorp.com, why I did it. Uh, They were significant. Thank you so much. They were good. They were uh, significant to me from an analysis standpoint. I didn't expect it to drive uh, necessarily have anyone influenced by how I was voting. I also endorsed two Republicans, Ryan Wilson and Jim Schultz. Uh, So I was a split ticket voter this year. I did it from the standpoint of transparency and analysis Uh, To allow people some insight into what I did, but, you know, I stand by my decision Uh, elections are about contrast Um, and uh, Becky, I'm, you know, here's the, here's the big advantage to it. It's given Becky a lot of material by which to have the (laughs) podcast. I don't know where we would be without a podcast where we would be in this podcast if Becky didn't have a punching bag to go back through nearly every episode. So I'm glad that we got even in the year end episode, we still got it mentioned.
0: All right, now well, let's look forward. So we're moving into 2023. I'd be interested to hear both of your perspective on maybe things that many of us can look, look forward to watching and maybe some predictions. So let's look at the political landscape of 2023, the Republicans versus the Dems. What, do you, what should we be aware of and what are some of your thoughts and predictions? Let's start with you, Becky.
1: Well, I don't know if any of mine are really, I think they're a little bit more pessimistic, not really anything to, to look forward to here. Um, I think here in Minnesota, a couple of things that will be coming down the pipe. Um, I think as we've talked about, I I expect we'll see um, policy-wise legalization of marijuana. I think that one thing kind of that ties into what we saw in 2022 and we'll see more of in twenty 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 three, is you know, more coming down about the Feeding Our Future scandal. We That was one of the massive things that happened, $250 million in fraud um, here in Minnesota. I think we're going to see more arrests or more indictments. I think we're going to see a lot more names named. Um, As they say, there's a lot more there there. And so I expect that that's something we're going to see a decent amount here in this upcoming year. Michael.
2: Uh, a couple of things. I, I think it's going to be interesting to see to things to Things I'm watching for. I'm watching for the start of the legislative session and what are the dynamics between the uh, House, Senate, and uh, the governor's office. Uh, as we all now know, the, the Democrats have the trifecta. They control the House, the Senate, uh, and the governor's office. And so what's going to be the relationship between the, those two branches? Also, between those branches of government. Also, what role do the Republicans have in this? Are, are they going to be um, – are they going to uh, – be productive members of the legislature in a sense that they're going to uh, work with the Democrats? Are they going to be obstructionists? What role does the minority party play? Uh, I'm not placing judgment on either side. I'm just going to be very curious to see what the dynamics of it are going to be. I think the Minnesota Senate is taking a much more conservative bent. Um, I think it's going to be very interesting to see those dynamics play out. Minnesota has a, uh, uh, has a long history of special sessions. Uh, meaning the legislature isn't able to get their work done and the governor is forced to call them back in to get some additional work done. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if with Democrats controlling uh, the the House, the Senate and the governor's office, if they can keep uh, the membership and they can process bills in a way where they can get their work done and on time and there's not a need for a special session. Again, it's going to be interesting to see what Republicans do and how they operate in the legislative session. That's going to be a subject that we can come back to. I have one more, too. All right, let's move on
0: to what Becky's comment is, and then one more each, and then we're done with 2023.
1: All right. Wow, it's not even started, and Todd wants to be done with 2023. I get it. <laughs> um, I, You know, I, I agree. I think it's going to be just interesting to see how, how things play out. Um, I do expect that we're going to have some Democratic infighting that's going to you know, rise to the surface. Here some of these different things that um, Walls maybe was able to, like we talked about recently, you know, ride the fence a little bit. I think he's going to have to pick a pick a lane um, and he is going to see, you know, some frustration on both sides or one side or the other of the Democrat, um, you know, uh, uh, horizon. What is it called? The the Democrat um, left or you know, moderate there. So I think we're that's going to be interesting to play out. My other thing, you know, is not so much a Minnesota specific, um, but you know, watching what happens to our economy here in, in 2023 across the nation. Um I was reading an article, the recession likely sent seven out of ten economists believe that a recession is is coming down. Um we saw this morning food costs are expected to increase. Um they've already gone up twelve point four percent um since October 2021 you know families are hurting prices are going up jobs are staying the same it's 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 really a, a crazy wild time with inflation interest rates and everything and i don't think it's going to get better in 2023
0: michael
2: um what i'm watching for uh, one more additional point i'm going to watch for in 2023 is first of all let me start off by saying becky's right i think the economy is going to be a huge issue coming into the coming into 2023, and I think she's right to focus on it from a policy standpoint. It's going to be interesting to see how the new House majority, uh, the Republicans in Congress uh, deal with the, the Senate, uh, which is run by the Democrats still, and, a Repu- and, and Joe Biden as president, uh, what type of economic policies are able to get through. Uh, I think it's going to be a very combative time, uh, both in Washington and uh, in, in Minnesota. One of the p- more partisan things that I'm watching for in 2023 is what happens with Donald Trump. Um, Donald Trump is of course, uh, the next presidential election cycle is, is already started. I mean, the next election cycle started after the polls closed, uh, just as past November. So we're already in the, 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 we're already in the next presidential, the next election cycle and it's for the race for president. I'm really going to start watching what's going to happen with Donald Trump, uh, and his candidacy for presidency on a couple fronts. Number one, I'm looking to see what type of institutional support he gets. Uh, amongst rank-and-file activists inside the Republican Party, both in Minnesota and nationally. Uh, I'm also interested to see uh, what happens from a legal standpoint with Donald Trump. He is facing a number of legal issues, which we talked about on, 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 that, have, that are coming through his organizations. There's been some criminal referrals that we discussed on the last episode that were made by the January 6th committee. There are a number of hurdles that could happen that could be placed in Donald Trump's way in 2023. I have said uh, consistently that I still think he's the front runner for the nomination, but those hurdles still exist. And so what I'm looking for is, is as I watch the presidential race on the Republican side, start to take off is where, where, where is Donald Trump in that mix? Because I think, um, the future of the party is without him. And so I'm concerned, um, You know, even though, Becky, I did endorse Governor Walls. I am concerned about the future of the Republican Party uh, and where it goes. And so my hope would be that he would go away, but we'll see what happens. And and it's going to be a subject that we're going to continue to discuss.
0: All right. Any final comments there, Becky?
1: Yeah. You know, I got to just have two things to say. One, I I have had good fun poking you about the walls thing. I do have to commend you for taking a stance, you know, taking a principled stance on what you truly believe in, it's not always easy. We know that folks on both sides um, have given you a hard time, have criticized you, for that and other things, so I, I do commend you for why While I might not necessarily agree in the endorsement of him, um, you know, it, it does take a lot to do that. So I Thank do you, appreciate Becky. you having the boldness to do that. On the Trump side, you know, it's really I am all all ears, all eyes here on Donald Trump to see what does happen, what happens with some of these legal issues. Um, you know, I'll be interested to see. Uh, Liz Cheney who has been one of his biggest critics. She, um, her term is up at the end of this year, so she's going to have a lot of free time. I would not be surprised if she finds some way to um, get involved in in preventing him or, or working to hold him accountable and have you know impact his likelihood of being successful in the future. There's going to be a lot of folks that are going to be working against him, um, and we'll see the uprising of some of these other candidates: DeSantis, Haley, you know, Christie, whoever it might be. So um, there's a lot to come. All right. What about
0: on a personal note? Uh, we're looking at 2023. Either one of you making any uh, any changes, having any resolutions, anything that's uh, going to change a little bit for the two of you?
2: Ooh. Becky, yeah. go first.
0: I think this is the what? first time i stump stumped Michael. let <laughs> um, get to Becky for some time.
1: You know, so we have talked a little bit. Um, this last year I did, we had my husband and I did an intimate ceremony with just our families last spring um ahead of the birth of our first child so Thanks end of 2023 invite. we <laughs> hey end of 2023 we are officially are booked for an epic bash uh dance party wedding doing the whole shebang you know if you wait 35 years to get married you still want to I still want to do my big things. so uh end of 2023 that's what's um on our agenda so we're a whole year worth of planning so get excited to hear all about it
0: wow good for you I'm looking forward to the party and Michael anything
2: well 2023 is a big year for me I'm going to turn 50 I just I just by the way I just had my birthday uh and um you know I just want to note that for posterity I mean I had a birthday last week it was lovely thank you both for your warm wishes and congratulations (laughs) um but I'm going to turn 50 next year uh next December and so yeah, you know, i think I'm going to spend the year just kind of getting prepared for that. That's kind of a big milestone in one's life, uh, and so I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it in stride. I'm going to really focus on some health and and just general well being. Um, but I'm really looking forward to a fun year. It's going to be a very meaningful year for me.
1: And what about you, Todd? What does 2023 bring? Any well, good travels resolutions. I'm
2: going to. Uh,
0: I, I brought in 2022 with dry January, and I actually made it 40 days. So I'm. I'm going to. I'm going to try to. Do another dry January stint to clean up my act a little bit. Do uh, you know the typical ones, especially coming out of the holidays where I don't think I've ever eaten more, had uh, sweets and toffee and went out more often so I'm going to try to wash some of that away with 2023. Uh, continue some travels. I do have one trip in the late January in the Caribbean. Uh, on a yacht, which it's going to be a little bit tough to uh, keep dry January going, but I'm going to do my best and give it my all, and of course, exercise. I believe it's
2: pronounced Caribbean.
0: You know, let's talk about
2: that. <laughs> I don't heard know. Heard. I'm just like saying that.
0: I know. Is it Caribbean? I just wanted or to say
2: because you sounded fancy.
0: I don't know. Yeah. Well, if you have a, if if you have a, uh, you know. New Year's resolution. Go ahead and share it with us. We'd love to hear what people are looking at or what some of your predictions are for 2023. Or you can tell me how I should be pronouncing Caribbean or Caribbean. I'd love to hear that as well. And we appreciate you, uh, as I said at the open of the show, uh, rating us, giving us us stars. Those fives have been very nice to see. And we're hoping that we can just uh, do better. As we go into 2023 and then continue to improve the show, and we told you we are going to have guests, and next week we are going to have a surprise guest that I think uh, you will all very much enjoy. So, yes, rate us wherever you are rating the podcast, and we'd love to hear uh, any comments you have for guests or things going into 2023. What about you guys? Mike, Michael, Becky, Uh any uh, last comments?
2: I just wanted to say thank you to both of you. Uh, this has been a real, tre- a real treat and a lot of fun to do. You guys have been so wonderful to host this show with. Um, it's really been a source of fun. Um, and uh, I enjoy listening to the shows. I enjoy uh, getting them out there, sharing them on social media. I've, I really, it's been an honor to get to know you both um, and, and have this opportunity to connect once a week. And I'm really looking forward to growing the show in 2023. We're going to have some great guests. We're going to start doing some new things on this on this podcast Starting in January, and uh, we're going to start to roll out. Um, but I just really want to say thank you to both of you on a personal and professional level for all your help and assistance in getting this thing launched.
0: It's been great. It's been a lot of fun. I agree. D- I d- ditto, on, ditto on all fronts. It's been great working with the two of you. So, yes, we look forward to your comments as well so we can hear what your thoughts are and what some of the ideas you have for the BroadCorp report as we move into 2023. And if people want to reach out to you guys directly, once again, how do they find you?
2: I'm at at mBroadCorp on Twitter and on all social media platforms.
1: And I'm Allery RL on Twitter.
2: All
0: right. I'm always a Todd P. Walker. Once again, this is the BroadCorp Report. Thank you for joining us and happy new year. We will talk to you next week.